Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. So good, and welcome to everyone joining us online as well. Hope you enjoyed it this morning, and you had some communion as well, even if it was just some bread or some juice that you could find in the house. Great that you could participate with us in that this morning as well. Well, as uh, Pastor Nick just said, we're going to be uh, concluding our By The Way series, and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this series and enjoyed getting into the Word of God. How many know that the Word of God is living? It's powerful. It's the only book you'll ever read that the author lives inside of you. Amen. And uh, the Word of God is God's Word to us. And you know, I know there was, uh, I've had people say to me many times, you know, I just need a word from God. I just need a word from God. And, and when they say it, they're saying, I just need a prophetic word. Someone to prophesy over me, which is good. And I, I believe in that big time. But sometimes it's sort of like you're just waiting for that. The, the quickest way to do that is just open your Bible. Open up your Bible, you'll get the Word of God speaking straight to you because it's God's inspired Word to our lives. And so, you know, I love how, you know, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp that guides my feet. It's a light unto my path. And so the Word of God is powerful. It does transform us from the inside out. It guides us in this life as well, and we need it. And our prayer over this series has been to really help people get to a place where the Word of God come, is coming alive maybe again for you. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming more alive than it's ever been in your life as well. Maybe if you're a new Christian, you're just starting out your journey with Jesus, um, even online as well, that the, the Word of God is something that you're taking steps to grow in. And uh, it's becoming a part of your life. And uh, I really believe as a Christian, we need the Word of God in our lives. And, and my prayer is that this continues now. Let, keep on reading. I mean, keep on getting into the Word of God. Make it a part of your life today. So let's dive into chapter 2. And this is kind of the final, the final chapter of, of Paul's letter to Timothy, written from a Roman prison. You know, it, it's, it, like Paul was really, he didn't know how much longer he had. Um, and it really comes down to the culmination of all these first three chapters, comes to this fourth chapter where it kind of comes together in a big way. And let's, let's take it here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 to 5. It says, Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God and ready. And, uh, you know, we're called to be prepared and ready when it comes to the gospel. Who's ever gone on a long road trip in the car? All right? And, you know, and I know pretty much once a year, Kate and I and the kids will go on a, a fairly long, decent road trip, maybe twice a year. We'll see how we go. And, uh, and, but I find that we, it takes the entire day to pack our four-wheel drive. All right? There is everything but the kitchen sink in that four-wheel drive and on top on the roof racks. I think the kitchen sink gets thrown in somewhere in there. And it is a massive day. I mean, you know it, don't you? Like when you're preparing to go, it's a massive day and it's stressful. And, you know, it's like you're supposed to be going on holiday and it's like, are we all having fun yet? Is everybody having fun? 
right? Smile. And he's crying and this, you know, it's hot. I tie down this bag full of gear and then it's tied down and it's like, oh, I forgot to put it. Unstrap it all. Open it up. Put that thing in there. Is it, does everybody have everything? And we go through, we have the kids one by one. Do you have everything that you need? everything for this trip and we go through them all and was like oh, it's time to leave we turn everything off lock the door and we leave and it's always by the time you get past the overpass and onto the either you're going south or north and you're driving and you get get that one moment where there's just a start just a, oh i forgot my you know and it's either someone's forgot their glasses or someone's forgot their phone or someone's forgot their tablet and i find it's like if it's the kids it's kind of like can you live without it like do you really need it but I know that if, if Kate has forgotten something, how many know we're turning around? We, we're going back. It doesn't matter what it was. Maybe the oven was still on. It wasn't on, but I got to check. And we go back. And I'm like, I know, it's not 15 minutes. It's going to be another hour. So by the time you get back there and see, well, the oven wasn't on. I knew it wasn't on, but, you know, oh, they, we grab the thing we need and everyone's got to go to the toilet again. It's like, all right, let's go. Hopefully we'll get there by midnight. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, it's just important to be prepared, isn't it? You know, so that when you're going, you can go. And, uh, and, but this is what Paul is saying to Timothy. He's saying, hey, make sure that you're prepared all the time. Make sure you're prepared and ready with the gospel, with your testimony, with your story inside of you at all times. So that, so that whether the season is favorable or it's not favorable, be ready with your message. Be ready to share about Jesus. Be ready to let people know you're a Christian. And you know, Paul not only writes this to Timothy, he writes it to us today. Over 2,000 years later, here we are. He says, hey, be ready all the time. Be prepared. You know, let people at work know that you're a Christian. Let people that you go to sport with know you're a Christian. Hey, you know, as you, as you go to your local cafe, how many you know, we've got our favorite cafe, don't we? That we like to go, they just make the best flat whites or lattes. They're just, they're your spot, that's your hang. And you get to know the wait staff, you get to know the people there. And you know, there are opportunities all the time. Maybe it's your local gym or wherever you go to connect with people. And uh, it's just so important to be prepared and ready. But I understand, as Paul said, hey, sometimes the season's favorable, sometimes it's not. And we all know that we do live in Australia in a secular nation. You know, once Australia was a Christian nation, it's kind of morphed to become more of a secular nation. And that, what that means is it's like the majority of thought and, and everything is, is, is not particularly, you know, living out Christian society the way that we used to, okay? And so, I, I, you know, I long for that, and I'm praying we see that again in the future. I really am. But at the end of the day, even if we do live in a secular nation, it doesn't mean that we're meant to hide the gospel under a basket. Jesus needs to be preached and spoken to people around us. People need to know the gospel today more than ever, you know, and I read the, uh, the latest McCrindle study from 2017, taken from, uh, you know, all non-Christians, totally unchurched people right across Australia. And, you know, the, the stats, one of the stats actually shows that 1.5 million Australians don't know any Christians. Don't know any Christians at all. So they haven't got the opportunity to even see someone living out the gospel. 
you know? And I, I look at that sound and say, whoa, that's alarming. But I also look at it and think, well, there's 23 and a half million people that do know a Christian. I mean, there's, another, there's another side to it. Now I look at that and I think, man, I don't want that 1.5 million to get any bigger. We want to reduce that. But we want to make sure that we're doing all we can in the world around us. So you might look at the entire nation and say, well, what can I do for an entire nation to, to know Jesus? Well, it's very simple. We pack, break it right down to who do you know? Who's in your world? Who lives beside you? Who do you see when you're dropping the kids off at school and they're kind of like you're seeing them every day? You know, that, that other family member, that other person. Who do you, you know, there's people that we connect with in our lives. And this is what Paul's saying. Hey, be ready. Be ready as you make connections, build relationships. Be ready with the gospel. Be ready to take opportunities when there are moments that arise around us. And you know, that McCrindle study that I, I looked through this week, it actually said that for anyone uh, in our nation that is open to spirituality and faith, okay, these are the stats. There, there are people that are open to spirituality. There are three main things that really, uh, I guess, turns them on or attracts them to hear more about faith. And the first one is this, it is a person living out a genuine faith. They actually live out their faith. Seeing people who live out a genuine faith. That's the first one. They want to see, hey, does it, do you live what you say? That's what they're looking for. Okay? The second thing is if that person who is open to spirituality has experienced a personal trauma or life change. They are more open to the gospel or more open to faith in that moment. And the third is this, is stories and testimonies of people who have changed due to their faith. Wow, isn't it amazing? You know, Jesus said, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their what? Their testimony. I mean, that the, the testimony is still powerful today. And you know, we look, and, and if I could sum up these three things, these, strings are, these three things are saying this. It's saying, does it work? That's what it's saying. Does Christianity work? Is it effective? Or, you know, show me that it works. Show me that it actually is meaningful, that it actually does change your life and make your life better. That's what it's saying to us. And so when we have the gospel and the life of Jesus and what He has done to impact our worlds, we have a message. We have something to give, something to show to those around us because God's trying to get our attention so that he can get the attention of someone else that's what he's trying to do he wants us aware because there are moments all the time around us where he's trying to just awaken us to that moment so that we can see and 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 wow this may be an opportunity where I can let someone know I'm a Christian or I can let someone know about my faith or I can share maybe just a little bit of my story and it might just help them take their next step toward Jesus. You know, not everything that we do or say is going to lead to the sinner's prayer at the end. But I want to tell you, everything we do helps people take another step. Just another step. That's all we're called to do. You know, uh, Jed Thompson, one of the great young men in the life of our church, you know, he texts me every couple of weeks so we can go for a run together. And uh, he likes running. I love running as well. He'll, he'll give me a text and we'll go out of an afternoon after work. And, um, and so just this week on Wednesday afternoon, we went out for a run. As we're on, we're talking. And, um, and we, we were just chatting about, you know, the last time he flew to America. Remember when you could fly? Remember that? 
You go to other nations. It's great. Yeah, it will happen again. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We will be able to do that again. Uh, but we were just talking about the last time we went to the U.S., just a, a few years ago. And, um, and he just got chatting about how when he was over there, he, he had, had this moment where he was kind of like, man, I want to share my faith with someone. I want to share my faith. And I was kind of like, we're running. I'm like, stop there, Jed. Just, that's awesome. It's awesome that you actually were intentional that you wanted to share your faith with somebody. You wanted to let somebody know that you were a Christian. That is incredible. That's the starting point. If we could just, you know, all switch onto that, what you're saying right there, that's amazing, man. That's incredible. And so he told this story about this one day, he's in some place, I think it was Dallas or Houston, and, um, and, and he was just, you know, he found this young man, he started chatting with him, they were of a similar age, and, and as they're talking away, it opened up and he started to share his faith and share the gospel with this guy because he was praying that morning, God, help me to connect with someone today. Lord, help me to find someone today that I can, that I can share my faith with. And he finds this young man. They spend two hours together. He shares his faith. He doesn't get saved at the end, but at the end, his heart is open to the gospel. And I said, Jed, that is incredible. I said, you need to do more of that. That's amazing. He said, you know what, Paul? I'm doing that all the time at my work. Everyone in my work knows that I'm a Christian. Every chance I get, I'm telling about Jesus. I'm telling about what God can do. And the other day, I was really straight up. It was like, man, you just need God. You just, you just need God, you know? And it was like, I said, how did he take it? He was like, yeah, he took it well, real well. You know, it's awesome, buddy. You know, he really carries an evangelistic anointing on his life. And, you know, for all of us, we, we don't want to just leave it up to those that carry an evangelistic anointing. I mean, you know, Acts 1.8 says, You shall re receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses for me to your world, to your world around you. And, and sometimes it's just a friend we're working with every day. It's the people around us that God just switches on those moments in our lives. And, uh, and He wants us to be aware of them so that we can be prepared and ready in those moments to say, well, God, just show me what to say. And I want to tell you, if you switch on to the Holy Spirit, He'll help you. He will. He'll give you the words you need to say. And sometimes you can walk away from some opportunities and think, oh, I should have said that. I should have said this. It's like, don't worry about that. Whatever you said, God can use. All right? So don't let it stop us at all from doing even the actions at times to show how good Jesus is. The second part of this is to finish the race. See, 2 Timothy 4, 6-8 says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of His return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. And how many notice right here, he's getting real. He's getting real right in this moment. He, he, he is a very, very aware that, hey, in time, not too long from that point, he may, be, he may die. Like, he knew that in himself. But he knew that, as I shared two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, Paul had an incredible eternal perspective. He, he knew he was in the moment. And he was a great steward with what God had called him to do in the moment. But Paul knew that, hey, I've got to make a mark for eternity. I know that my life is being poured out as an offering toward the Lord. 
And Paul understood this in a, in a powerful way. He said, I, I've finished my race. I've run it. I've kept the faith. When others fell away, this is what he's saying. When others fell away, I kept my faith. I kept it strong. I've, I've gone all the way. See, Paul's trying to tell Timothy. He said, Timothy, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So, you know, it, a lot of people can start real great. But it, it, it's better to finish. Finish. And you need to sustain throughout this. That's why Paul flavored right through this entire book is that we need the grace of God in order to keep moving forward under the presence and the empowering of the Holy Ghost so that we can keep going and doing what God's called us to do with our lives. And, and so he says, hey, finish well. Finish the race. This is what he's telling Timothy. And I love this is that Paul, he, he knew that, God, I'm going to make every day count. I'm going to make every moment count as best as I can. And he speaks that to you and I today, that we are, we are called to make every day count, to make every moment count of our lives as best as we can. Psalm 90.12 says this, Oh Lord, teach us to number our days as we gain a heart of wisdom. Teach me, Lord, to number my days as I gain a heart of wisdom. You know what that says to us? Make every day count. Make every moment count. Hey, let's simplify it right down. Make every moment of your marriage count. Make every moment of raising your kids count. You know, as we know, like my, I had, Josiah was born 10 years ago and I blinked my eyes and he's 10 years old. And I'm like, whoa. I'm reminded all the time as my boy gets bigger and bigger and bigger and one day I'm going to be looking up, clean your room, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I know, hey, I'm going to make every moment count. Make every day count. And so, so then it, it goes to our family and to our world, and, and, it, and then it goes bigger than that. Then it goes to people around us, doesn't it? To others around us, to make every moment count, to be switched on to the moments that would be there in our lives. And as Paul said, he said, I've been poured out as a vessel, as an offering to God. And we sang that song this morning. He said, make me a vessel, make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. See, God has called us all to be vessels. Vessels that can be used by God to flow His life through. To flow His love, His grace, His joy. To flow encouragement sometimes. To flow provision sometimes when we're generous in our giving and finances. To flow our serving, our time. Our, to flow the things that God calls us to do. To be ready for someone in our world that may not know Jesus, that we can be ready in that moment to say, God, use me right now to flow your life into this person's world right now in this moment, to be a vessel. Make me a vessel. And this is what Paul said. Now look at this, is that if we allow ourselves to be vessels every day, we understand the one thing that helps us to be a vessel every day is the way we see ourselves and the way we see God. That's really the two things. Because if we, if we saw ourselves as as a reservoir to just hold everything that comes into our lives, just hold it for me, and we don't flow life to others, then we're not, we're not positioned exactly where God wants us to be, okay? We're called to be vessels that God flows through. And it's, it's easy to think you're a, res, a, a reservoir that, that can't flow anything out because like, what if I miss out? What if I lose more time? What if I lose more stuff? I need this stuff. But see, it's the way we see ourselves, but also the way we see God. So we see God as a God of abundance, 
and a God that never stops flowing, never stops flowing provision and life and love and joy and hope. The riches of heaven that are far beyond just money, the riches of heaven, they just keep on flowing from God. If we see ourselves as a vessel, oh, I'm ready. The more I give, the more I'm filled. The more I'm filled. See, when we can travel again, one day Kate and I want to go over to Israel. I know that Harrison's been over to Israel before and he's been to the, the Dead Sea. You've been there, haven't you, Harry? He's been to the Dead Sea. That was a good guess. Yeah, but I know he'd been to a whole bunch of places over there. But he's been to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea because it's so salty that nothing can live in it. Now, it's called the Dead Sea not because it's salty. It's the Dead Sea because it doesn't flow anywhere else. Nothing flows out of it, all right? And that's why it's the Dead Sea, all right? It, it would be actually have a different name if it flowed, all right? And so we can see that we're not called to be like that sea. We're not called to lock everything and just be a reservoir. We're called to be a vessel that flows, or flows, that allows, oh, Lord, I'm, I don't mind. You call me to give. It's easy to give when I understand that you're abundant and you just, I'm sitting under this waterfall, I'm sitting under the flow of blessing, Lord. It's all about faith. It's all about trust. It's all about who is the source. Is it me? Is it the government? Is it the next paycheck? Is it all these other things? Or is it God? It's really where it's at, isn't it? How do we see ourselves? How do we see God? All right? And when we can trust that, oh man, being able to be a vessel to flow God's life, to be poured out, as Paul's saying in this moment, God, use me. God, pour me out. Oh man, it's so much easier when we say, God, you got it. You got an abundant supply. So the more I give, the more I'm filled. The more I'm filled. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Bring it out of me. Amen. See, God wants to pour out His life into us. His life through us. See, this is the thing about trusting an abundant God, that He looks after us at the same time as we're giving. Takes care of us, looks after our needs, looks after all of our stuff because we're positioning ourselves exactly in that trust zone where He's the source. Just keeps on flowing life through our lives. Oh, I don't know if I have the time, but God, if you want it, I know you can redeem the time. You can redeem it. He actually promises to do that. So there's an abundance, an abundance, an abundance that God flows. All right, I want to encourage us all in that today. How do we every day say, God, help us to make every day count. Help me to be a vessel.